I've been working in maintenance for a few years by the time I got done with college. Mostly just garbage pickup and stuff like that at apartment complexes my dad was in charge of in central Arizona. Pay was okay, and I got my own little place where I was living with my girlfriend. It was all pretty good on its own right, but I wasn't making too terribly much, and we'd never been able to take a vacation or anything on our own. It was on a Wednesday when I saw an ad in my city newspaper for a pool boy in a little place a few miles out of town for almost twice what I was making doing all the other maintenance work I already was doing. I almost immediately called the number the paper mentioned and was greeted by a calm-sounding man, probably in his mid-forties. When I inquired about the job, he seemed to become even happier, and we set up a meeting time. That Saturday we met at his place, a big open house with lots of windows and all the latest appliances. He seemed to be a pretty nice guy, rich too, obviously. When I asked why he was offering so much just to monitor his pool, he replied that he had just let his last guy go, and his pool always needed surveillance because he had a young daughter and she had lots of friends, that sort of thing. I accepted the job almost instantly and was gladly up at his place right after my two-week notice, passing my dad's. Work was pretty smooth for the first few weeks. My new employer being much more understanding of circumstances than my old man was allowed to be. Due to rules and regulations, every employee had to follow his complex. I could go in and cool off when it seemed too hot outside. He always kept his fridge stocked with water. It all seemed exceedingly comfortable. I would occasionally make small talk with the maid. She couldn't speak English very well, but one day when I asked her, she told me the boss was a cosmetic surgeon, obviously a very wealthy one at that. As a personal rule, I'm generally against that kind of stuff and admittedly grimaced at the prospect of working for someone whose money came from boob jobs. Still. He seemed like a nice, settled-in family man, and the pay was good, so I let it be. About two months in, I was clearing some sand and other sorts of residue out of the bottom of the pool, faintly hearing the sound of a piano inside. The doc's window was wide open, and he was overseeing his daughter practicing. I tried not to snoop, but work was taking longer than expected, and the music was pleasant until it suddenly stopped. I could hear the doc calmly explaining to the daughter what she did wrong, but in an instant she was screaming at him that she wanted to stop. It hadn't occurred to me until then that she had been playing the entire morning. This in mind, I couldn't help but listen in just a little over the sound of my pool vacuum. He started shouting and threatening to ground her, to take her dolls away. I caught something that I didn't quite understand, something about her big Barbie. Or something like that. When I began to hear the music again, I went to cleaning out the pool, trying to forget what I had just heard. I decided I'd be on the watch for this kind of thing in the future. I know parents snap at their children and all, but if this turned into abuse, someone was going to hear about it. Sometime thereafter, I was inside getting a drink when I got a good look at a photo on the refrigerator I had never noticed before, showing the doctor, his daughter, and two other women one in her 40s or 50s, and the other a teenager. Judging by the doc's youngest daughter, it looked fairly recent. I asked the maid about it, and in the best broken English she could give me, she said the older woman was the doctor's wife, the younger his older daughter. I hated to keep asking questions, given her difficulty speaking to me, 
but I pressed on just a little more to ask why I never saw them around. Now with difficulty, not only speaking but recalling, she told me the doctor's daughter was killed in a car crash a year ago. His wife killed herself shortly thereafter. This shocked and horrified me, and suddenly I couldn't help but feel a new sense of compassion for the doctor and his daughter. As soon as I was hydrated, I went back to work, wondering if I'd ever seen much sign of grief from the two. Maybe that's why the doctor was so uptight about some things with his daughter. Maybe that's why she clung to her toys the way she did. I cleaned out bits of Barbie toys from the pool on what seemed like a weekly basis. It was a lot to take in. Time went on and my work continued. I had never imagined doing what I did as a year-round job. I used to live in the Midwest. Pools usually closed around Labor Day, but down here, they were open all the time, and the doc's kid and her friends just kept coming over. One day, doing my usual work, I noticed a large splotch at the bottom of the pool for what must have been the third time. I was irritated and reluctantly accepted normal chlorine was going to do the trick. I had to shock the thing. He was a form of superchlorine, several times stronger than the average stuff. I checked the doc's notes and they did indeed confirm that he had some of the stuff I needed. It was kept in the basement. Seemed like an odd place for it, but I digress. Maybe it was just to keep it out of his daughter's hands. Speaking of the doc's daughter, my eye caught her and a couple of her friends about to jump in the water. I had to shout at them to stop and she threw a fit at me for doing so. I just figured the splotch in the pool would be a bacterial breeding ground. I was not letting little kids in it. I found my maid friend again, and now, frantic to make the pool clean for the boss's daughter, asked her where the basement was. She responded with a confused look. I tried several other phrases until she recognized the word cellar. She led me outside after I mentioned it, and pointed me to a dingy little trap door in the ground connected to the house right next to the hose. I had never noticed it there before, and it was tightly bound with what appeared to be shiny new chains, very little dirt on them. I tried to ask her how I was supposed to open it, but we both lacked the vocabulary to communicate properly. I was about to bitterly accept defeat, leave the doc a note, and tell him to not worry about paying me that day until his daughter walked up to me. She said she had a key to the cellar. I was confused by this right from the get-go, and even more so when she mentioned I couldn't tell her dad that she did. But I wanted to get back to work, so I agreed to her conditions. I was in the dimly lit cellar a few minutes later, and she shouted at me to not play with any of her toys. Why did she have toys down there? Was this where the doc kept her stuff when she was in trouble? Was that why she wasn't supposed to have the key? I fumbled around in the dark for a while, the light from outside only helping me so much desperately looking for a light switch. As I continued to wander around, I ultimately felt myself pushing up against something. It felt like a wall, but there was no weight behind it. Not entirely sure what I was doing, I pushed against it and suddenly toppled into another passage. Confused, disoriented, and growing increasingly frightened, I felt around for a switch again and quickly found one on the wall. Despite the short time I had spent in the cellar, I was briefly blinded when I switched the thing on. But more so when I got a good look at the room. That was not just some dingy cellar I had walked into. The thing extended beneath the house, 
and was filled, to my shock and slight disturbance, with oversized pink and white furniture. My jaw was agape as I searched around, finding a fully functioning bathroom, den, everything. The rooms were much smaller than they had been upstairs, but they were still comparable to a decent hotel's. Why on earth did the doctor have all this down here? I wandered through just a little more, too shocked by what I had seen to turn back, when I came upon a bedroom. Of course, everything was still pink and huge, and this room even included a closet full of clothes. But the most notable feature present was what appeared to be a giant cardboard box sitting in the room's center. In sloppy handwriting, the box read, My Favorite Barbie. I didn't want to open the box. I swore at myself for dropping down and grabbing the bottom of the cardboard cube, my conscience screaming to put the damn thing down and find whatever I had come for. I couldn't even remember anymore. But I just had to know what all of this was for. I wish I'd never taken that job. I wish I'd never gone into that cellar. I wish I'd never opened that box. I screamed and scrambled away the instant I saw what I did. Standing before me, at almost my exact height, was a Barbie doll. I struggled to catch my breath as I stared at the thing. I was full of doubt Mattel had made anything like this, but the likeness was nearly perfect to the dolls I'd been seeing around the house. Her eyes were wide open and green. She had long blonde hair and bright pink lips smiling. Still trying to take it in, I noticed the doll was naked. It had oversized breasts without any nipples, and that seemingly impossible figure that led down to a solid patch of skin where the pelvis was. Heart pounding, I noticed something along the doll's back. I slowly went behind it to take a look, seeing a large, bulbous thing sticking out of its back, almost like a button. Letting curiosity defeat me once again, I gently pressed it. Help me! The doll screamed in a shrill voice. I ran from it towards the door, not even so much shocked by the scream as what I had felt. I had touched flesh. No, I thought. That was impossible. This thing appeared to gleam like plastic a moment ago. That wasn't real. But as I continued to back away, my fears were confirmed. I could see the doll's chest expanding and contracting. The doll was breathing. The doll was real. My jaw was dropped, tears starting to well up in my eyes. This was not happening. What the hell was I even looking at? Struggling to accept all that was before me, I darted around the moment I could hear footsteps over my pounding heart. There was the doctor just a few feet behind me, holding a syringe. Well then, he muttered, I guess you found our playroom. I gently slid a hand into my pocket as I screamed that he'd tell me what was going on. Ensuring he couldn't see, I managed to worm my cell phone out of my pocket. Without a hint of sadness or remorse in his voice, the doctor told his tale, chilling me to the bone, as I managed to trigger the video camera on my phone. The doctor told me that he desired the same thing any other parent does. To have the perfect child. He told me how though it all seemed to be going well with his older daughter, 
She started to rebel in her teenage years. Her grades started to slip in high school, and he caught her having sex on the living room couch. He was so overwhelmed by her misbehavior. He was ready to give up on her entirely. He told me he was convinced if he pampered his younger daughter, surely she would behave right. A Christmas before last, he asked her what she wanted. She said she wanted a big Barbie doll that could do anything she told it to and that would play with her all the time. The doctor told me how he spent a month and a half planning what he'd do, planning how to pamper his younger and punish his older. My wife found out at one point. All for the best, though. I was planning on bringing her some fat and collagen home from work, but I think she worked out much more smoothly. He told me how he staged the disappearance of his daughter while he sedated and put her under the knife. He spent over a week getting everything just right before he surprised his younger daughter with a playmate she always wanted. In exchange for being my perfect little angel. My jaw was slack, too horrified of it all to move. Why was he going on and on? Was he bragging about his disgusting accomplishment? He talked and talked about how she'd been living off of juices and purees he made, how her eyes were glass and hand-painted, how he tried to just leave in the originals, but she cried too much, and her younger sister pointed out her toy didn't blink, and how she had little chips throughout her body that would give her a brutal shock if she used her vocal cords and you didn't press the button first. What the hell is wrong with you? You are going to fry, you sick son of a bitch, I shouted. Well, of course I wouldn't tell you all of this if I was going to let you leave, he said with a smile. I've needed a matching Ken doll, you know. I tried to swallow, but my mouth was too dry. Now come here and take your medicine. He was unexpectedly strong and managed to tackle me quickly, knocking the phone out of my hand. The needle came deathly close, but despite the momentary advantage, I had the weight edge to force him off of me and grab my phone. Much as I wanted to help the poor mutilated girl, I had to save myself first, running fast as I could out of the basement to my car. Fast as I've ever driven in my life, I pulled out of the doctor's driveway and slammed on the gas the moment I shifted into drive. About a minute later I could hear the sound of a shotgun firing in the distance. I managed to make it back into town, cars everywhere, long before I saw anything of the doctor in my rear view. I pulled into the police station and flipped open my phone, searching out evidence to incarcerate the insane bastard, only to find that it had been destroyed when he tackled me. I had nothing to give the police but my testimony, and even in my head, I knew it was too crazy to be true. I drove to my parents' place that night. The house was empty. I, assuming they were gone on a date or something, searched around my dad's room and found his revolver. I don't remember much more of the night, and my girlfriend tells me I was extremely on edge, constantly looking out the window. Three days after my horrifying discovery, armed and ready to pay the doctor back for his crime against humanity. When I arrived, however, the house was entirely abandoned. No sign of anyone anywhere. And when I checked the horrors of the cellar, the doll and this box were gone. While snooping and made a call to his office that night, the receptionist said that he left on a very short notice, with no real explanation. 
That was about a year ago. I've spent, I don't know how many sleepless nights with what I'd experienced in this basement. I'm only mentioning this now because I found an article about a pool boy in southern Florida mysteriously disappearing. In the video attached, there were tearful testimonies from his family and his employer, speaking all the while with his daughter with an audible range, bragging to her friends that she was getting a Ken doll for her favorite Barbie. <laughs> 